Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Would you be interested in watching this? 24 hours before I was in that party, and now 24 hours later, I'm ready to become a, a trafficker. That's me, Michaela McCollum. You might wonder how a regular kid from rural Northern Ireland could wind up here in a maximum security prison in South America. The big question was why? What made them do it? That's the clip. Hi, Confessions of an Ibiza Drug Mule. It's now on Netflix. It's the BBC documentary series, but it was released on uh, Netflix over the weekend. It's not yet available to Irish Netflix users uh, Netflix users yet, though. And um, there's been a lot of reaction to this. Actually, Michaela McCollum herself shared a photograph on Instagram over the weekend with a celebrity cake, and she captioned it, um, well effing celebration cake Netflix worldwide weekend and that has jarred with a lot of people um, they're not necessarily happy that the documentary has been released on, on Netflix and the celebration of it and some people feel that it glorifies the crimes and essentially turns Michaela McCollum into a Netflix superstar, a Netflix star a kind of a celebrity and I've been asking you for your thoughts on this today, I mean what's what's your own view on it? Give us a call today if you want to join us to share your opinion uh, 1890-453-106 Our own courts correspondent um, Frank Rainey, presenter of In Inside the crime, the podcast is is with us here too in the program today. Frank, is that criticism fair? I think so. I mean, I can understand where it's coming from. You know, you know, is Michaela McCollum going to make a fortune out of this Netflix series on the back of a criminal offence? I don't know. I don't know if she's getting paid anything for it. Well, she didn't so get paid to... for the BBC. Uh, the BBC said when when this documentary was made, because it's a BBC documentary, that, that she didn't receive a fee for her contribution for that. That that's right, and and I know um, I know she's spoken about the book that she wrote about her experience, and she said that she didn't make an awful lot of money uh, from that, and she has she has been on record as well as saying that she's turned down you know big money TV opportunities in the past. So look, I haven't seen this Netflix series. I don't know if I'll watch it, but I'd be very interested in knowing the purpose behind it because at the end of the day, I mean, Michaela McCollum has a very important message to share with the audience. And if that is the purpose behind it, well, I think then that's that's a good thing and something to potentially be celebrated because we all know that her foray into the criminal world didn't end well for her. She spent a number of years in a very tough Peruvian prison. So if that's the message that she's going to share through this Netflix series, well, then, you know, it may act as a deterrent to others who potentially might think that, you know, taking drugs cross border for a few grand is okay and not harming anybody. Well, look at the potential consequences. So, you know, if Michaela McCollum can be that person who stands up and shares that message, well, then that's great. But if Michaela McCollum is doing that for fame and fortune, well, then that's a different conversation altogether. Okay. Uh, Professor of Psychiatry at Trinity College, Frank, uh, Brendan Kelly is with us as well here uh, on the programme today. Um, Brendan, do you think the criticism, you know, that's that's, uh, flowing from some quarters is is fair and reasonable. Well, Andrea, this is as old as, you know, the, 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 as the human race. We have a profound interest in the extremes of human behaviour. So saying that this should not occur or people should not be interested is simply going against the grain of thousands of years of human history. Now, that said, there are very genuine concerns that this 
kind of program can on occasion glamorize the perpetrator of crime and maybe ignore the victims. And of course, the victims are often, you know, in murder series, they're the victims of murder and the bereaved families and about drugs. They're the people who misuse drugs and the chaos that's caused in their families and their communities as a result of drug misuse. So I think there can be a balance struck with this kind of series. And sometimes they're done very well. Sometimes they Mm. really do highlight the suffering and the problems and they tend to steer away away from glamorization, which can indeed, as you say, be quite harmful. I think that's one of the, I watched one of the trailers for the documentary, Frank, a little earlier this morning, and, and that, that's one of the points that you can even hear, actually, in that clip we played there that Michaela McCollum talks about, like she, the, the story of coming from, you know, like a, a regular kid in rural Tyrone, Northern Ireland, and next thing, maximum security prison in South America, and she kind of talks about, like, getting into this mess and getting herself out of it, and you get the sense certainly from the surface I haven't obviously watched the entire series yet that um, it is a story of redemption so does that change then how we look at it? Well look I mean there's many out there that will say that people like McKenna McCollum have served their time and are entitled to a second chance at life you know but the reality is you know I see this every day before the Irish courts is that people get wrapped up in criminality for all sorts of reasons and I don't think they're looking at somebody like Michaela McCollum and saying, well, look, if I can reach that same platform, you know, and have my own Netflix series, then why not? You know, the reality is like people get involved, you know, in criminality because they come from very impoverished communities where they have or they will feel they have no other choice. Um, Intimidation as well. You know, over the past few years, we've seen a huge rise in gangland criminality and Mm. people getting dragged in to that world. You know, but it never ends well for these people. And as we've seen in the courts here in Ireland and abroad, you know, people are brought to justice. And I'm reminded of another Netflix series about Pablo Escobar, Narcos. And we all know how things ended for Mr. Escobar as well. So, look, I think there is an important message in the story that Michaela McCollum has to tell. And if Netflix is going to use her as a platform to tell that story, then, you know, in my opinion, that is a good thing. Mm. You know, I'm not comfortable with her making a fortune on on the back of that. I'm not comfortable with criminals, you know, making money out of, you know, the crimes they, they've committed on that on that platform. But she does have a very important message to tell. And, you know, I just want to pick up on something that Brendan said mm. there a little bit earlier is that like, you know, we're all so focused on the criminals. Like when you talk about like high profile murder cases, both here and abroad, like Everybody remembers the Ted Bundys of this world. Everybody remembers the Jeffrey Dahmers, the Graham Dwyers, the Mark Nashes. You know, like, could you name five of Ted Bundy's 20 plus victims? Could you name one of them? And I think like, you know, when it comes to our reportage on on News Talk in relation to these cases, and I'm at the coalface covering these cases day in, day out, I think we strike that balance very well, is that, you know, you have to remember that there are people, innocent people that get caught in the crossfire of this criminality. And while, you know, I watch true crime um, um, films, series myself, you know, I'm always conscious of how to approach those things like the victim and the families of victims and yeah. the survivors of crime should all always be front and centre. That, that is an important point, Brendan, like often the victims in all of this are nearly forgotten about. Yes, the victims are often anonymous, they're often invisible, but they're very, very real. And I see this in relation to drugs every day in my clinical work as a psychiatrist. 
I see people who misuse drugs, who develop all kinds of mental illnesses and behavioural problems and um, social decline, and their families are affected, their communities are affected, and we're all affected. It is very important that we remember this when we're looking at anything to do with uh, people involved with drugs or convicted of um, drug involvement. It's probably also worth uh, pointing out, Andrea, that for series like this, um, they do tend to be very popular. People yeah. like watching yeah. things about crime. People like feeling scared from the comfort of their home. People like a good story. But it is it is important to bear in mind that we can feel too much fear and this can cause some anxiety. So anyone out okay. there who might be addicted to this kind of television, it is very important to take a break from time to time and to try and watch other things that perhaps are not concerned with crime. I've been asking people, Brendan and, and Frank, stay with us because I've been asking our listeners today, what, what's your opinion on this? Like, do you think that, you know, it glorifies crime? Should we, do you watch, will you watch uh, this particular Netflix documentary, if you can, if it comes to becomes available to Irish users, does it turn Michaela McCollum and others into the likes of Netflix superstars? Uh, this listener says, we're happy to watch documentaries about serial killers, crypto queens, catfishing. Is it just that this is about an Irish person? Is that why we're given out about it? If this was an American documentary story, would we complain? Would they not just seem real to us? Asks this texter. Another listener says, when life gives gives you lemons, make lemonade. Fair play to her. Somebody, some people are going to be negative no matter what they do. She's served her time and has a story to tell and people want to hear it. I don't think that anybody is going to want to replicate her story for any level of fame. What do you make of that, Brendan? Yeah, well, I think those are valid points. I mean, um, you know, but there is the uh, possibility of amplifying things. I mean, these platforms like Netflix, they are so, so very big and so very powerful that they can inadvertently amplify um, misapprehensions or misunderstandings. Now, in my experience, Netflix are extremely responsible in this matter, and so are the other ones. They do take their responsibilities quite seriously, but things are interpreted differently around the world. And the point remains that we do need to remember the victims of crime in all of this, and greatly uh, it is to be hoped that that is emphasised in this documentary, yeah. which we haven't seen yet. OK, Frank and, uh, and Brendan still with us. Dan has texted in to say, no, I wouldn't watch this particular programme. I, I don't want to support anybody who's been convicted of a crime or convicted criminals. Nikki is on the line. Nikki, Nikki have you seen the documentary? I haven't either. You have? So, I have. And I think that the victim of this crime is, is probably Michaela herself. The, the, you know, the perpetrators were more likely to be the... Um, the gang bosses that duped her into it. But, I mean, um, like, I, I think it's a, you can't really come from this story and say, you know, be the morality police about it without actually having seen it. I, I never understand that. I mean, surely you need to be educated on the subject to have the moral high ground on it. Mm. Um, well, no, no, I definitely so will watch it. I mean, I, I, I will, absolutely, because I, I want to see what it's like. I want to see, I want to hear what kind of story she tells, you know, in the documentary. Did you, I get the sense you kind of um, felt a little sorry for her in watching it, Nikki. Look, mixed, mixed feelings, really. I mean, this is a very, very naive young girl who you know, goes over to Ibiza and gets mixed up in drugs and mixed up with the wrong people. And, I mean, you're partly empathetic with her because she's so young and so naive. And partly, I have to say, you're kind of going, well, you got what you deserve. And then on the other hand, you're saying, well, 
you know, you got out of it, you served your time, and then you made something of your life. And that's a good story for anybody, you know. I mean, people make mistakes. Um, she made a huge mistake. She paid for it. And now she's making something of her life. And is that not laudable, in a way? It's a fi- it's five parts, is it? A five-part series. It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there are bits in it. Well, look, you have to make up... I think you have to make up your own mind. I think you have to look at it, make up your own mind. I don't think that watching something turns you into that person. I mean, you, surely we have our own consciousness and our own minds. If you look at this, or you would hope that if you had a daughter who were 17 or 18 and she was to watch this, she, was, she would go, right, I'll just, I'll give that a swerve then, you know what I mean? There's, you know what I mean? There's no glorification in this. This is, you know, this is the outcome of what could happen if you do this. There's okay. A, there's an important message in the, in the documentary, you know? There is. So, so that message, and, and as Frank and Brendan mentioned, like the, the story of redemption, is that, is that very much what you see over the five, the five episodes? Yeah, and I mean, I have to say, I, like, I, I think fair play to her. I mean, she, she, she served her time over in prison. She had a, it was a very hard prison that she went into. And even when she was there, she started teaching herself Spanish. She started turning it around. Even when she was in there, she started turning her life around. Now she's come out. She's got married. She's written a book. Um, don't this glorify her crime? I, I, don't, I don't agree. Having seen it, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I think what it does is it sends a message out there to say, you know, if you're young, you're naive, you think, you know, going over to Ibiza and taking drugs is great crack. You know, here's the lesson. Yeah. Don't, don't do this. OK, you know? so it's that, that's very much the, the tone of the documentary. As I mentioned, I haven't, I only saw a clip of it or a trailer of it this morning, but I was just reading some of the, the commentary about it. Um, I can see, though, that, you know, when the BBC released this, it hit the top spots in the Netflix charts in multiple different countries like Canada, South Africa, the Netherlands and Sweden. But you don't think it kind of turns her into a celebrity or a Netflix star, Nikki? I, I, I mean, it possibly it possibly does. But is that a, is that a bad thing is the question. It, it probably does. Um, does it glorify the crime? Will it make people commit the crime? I absolutely 100% don't think so. I think it's a, a lesson in where not to go with your with your misplaced youth you know um that's that's what i think and i and i think she's turned her life around and i don't think people should have sour grapes about that i think the people should know that if you go down that slippery so i mean look at the situation we have in in various parts of dublin with people who end up in crime and drugs from low socioeconomic backgrounds and then they see no way out there should be a way out for people if for young people if they make mistakes and you know what i mean okay that's the way life should be it shouldn't be the end of it because you made a mistake. I mean, she did pay for her crimes. It's a story that should be told. And I think as well that the reason it's so popular is that every single one of us can identify with being a naive, stupid teenager, making mistakes and maybe getting away with it. She didn't. Right. Done the crime and paid the time, Brendan. Yeah, well, I mean, Nikki makes some incredibly important points about yeah. not commenting too much without seeing it, but also the complicated nature of responsibility here. The, you know, be they gang leaders, people caught up in that, and also, uh, you know, broader distribution. So it is a complicated story, and most people might just be familiar with one or two newspaper headlines about this case, and maybe a five-part series allows that complexity to be brought out and as as Nikki says, draws the picture, the complicated picture more clearly. And that can only be a good thing. So, you know, perhaps 
good will come of this if it is handled mm. well. Uh, this this texter here says, I have huge sympathy for Michaela. She did a very tough life and was so young when she made this mistake. You get the impression that she's doing everything she can to now say sorry. Another listener in 53106 says, I have no sympathy. I was a naive teenager too, but I didn't smuggle drugs. 53106, keep these messages coming in to us. Frank, like, I, I know we're talking to you today and, and obviously you, you're at the coalface of you know dealing with um, criminal court cases every day of the week here on, on News Talk. You, you also produce and present the uh, Inside the Crime podcast series. But like, we do as a nation have a real fascination with crime stories. We, we really do, yeah. I think, I think as human beings, we're naturally just curious creatures. There's, you know, a fascination, be it morbid or otherwise, with what makes criminals do what they do. And, you know, for the most part, we're all law-abiding citizens. We follow rules. So there's a natural curiosity then, you know, trying to step inside the shoes and minds of those who commit these dreadful crimes, just try and get our heads a- around it and why they do these these things. I mean, the level of depravity that human beings are capable of inflicting on each other is just incredible. Um, the greatest mystery of all, I'm sure Brendan will agree with me, is the human mind. And, you know, many careers like his own have been forced trying to figure out what makes these people do what they do. And I suppose there is a school of thought, thought out there that if you can figure out what makes a criminal mind tick, then perhaps a society can work together on how to manage that. But then there are others who believe rightly or wrongly that murder, rape and theft are as old as humankind itself. And some people are just wired differently than the rest of us, which is a frightening and a very uncomfortable thought, to say the least. And, you know, us Irish in particular, we're great storytellers and we're mm. also problem solvers. And, you know, true crime stories often have that whodunit element. So, you know, you'll find barstool detectives around the country sharing <laughs> their theories about the latest high profile cases that we're talking about yeah. on on the shows and 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 also as human beings we're born survivors and there are some really interesting studies to suggest that the reason we're so interested in these types of stories is as a defense mechanism if we ever find ourselves in peril that we can recognize danger and and know how to avoid it and how to escape it. Um, the other side of this I suppose too is you know the, the big sit down tell all interview with anybody across the world frank you know and, and and nearly the more the more complex and the more high profile um the criminal the, probably the more likely you know there is of a book and a bestseller book and a series and a documentary um you know and and, and the, the bigger the criminal nearly usually the more viewers that comes out of it like there's irrespective sometimes of the crime there's there's just the, the massive massive curiosity in and that's kind of what sells Absolutely. I mean, that is that is the reality, you know, and just to go back on a point that was well made by Nikki, you know, when it comes to people having a second chance, you know, people having an opportunity to rehabilitate themselves. That's the core of our justice system here in Ireland is that when people do accept wrongdoing, that they're not only punished, but they're given an opportunity to rehabilitate themselves in all of our best interests for them to reemerge back into society as better human beings, you know, and I'm all for that. And I'm all for giving people a second a chance. Mm. But the problem here is, and, and again, we don't know the numbers, we don't know anything about fees in relation to Michaela McCollum, is it doesn't sit well with me that somebody can then benefit financially or, or otherwise from that criminal offence, you know, to make something of it. And it's interesting that there's a disclaimer as well attached to this um, series, you know, that it's based on the testimony of a convicted drug smuggler. So they don't shy away from that. Mm. And I think that's fair because I don't think Michaela McCollum should be the subject of public pity because of what she did. And you might argue that this was a victimless crime 
it absolutely isn't. I mean, we might know the faces of the victims affected by drug trafficking, drug smuggling, drug dealing. But the reality is like lives are lost and lots of lives are lost because of it. Yeah. Because of it. Again, I haven't, unlike Nikki, I haven't seen the series, well, but I do hope that message runs through, yeah. you know, that Michaela McCollum has, has, has done her time and she's got a very important message yeah. to tell people. Just, just, just Nikki on that, or finally, um, I'm curious as the, 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 the portrayal, I suppose, or the, um, how, how Michaela McCollum, like how did she come across to you in watching the documentary? Was it emotional? Look, I honestly, there's parts of this that I think she's possibly selling her book, okay? So why not do this? If she doesn't get money out of the series, she's plugging her book, right? Um, I, I think she came across as fairly honest. I think there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a question or two. I mean, after all, it's her version of events. So there might be a question or two about the story that she tells and how much blame that she's trying to shift. Oh, well, yeah, you have well, to make up your own yeah. mind. Well, let's look. That, she's gone, know? I suppose, through the, 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 she's gone through the court's process and, um, you know, she's been convicted and served, served the time for that. So, I suppose that's, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, that's happened and, and, you know, she's, she served the time for it and, um, as Frank said, like, she's, that's, that's as you say, it's her, her testimony of this is what, um, this is her, in her words, um, the story that she's she's you know that she's obviously telling and, and that she was convicted of but I was interested just because the I know when the, the documentary came out previously was there it was 2016 when she was first released there was a documentary in RTE and I know a lot of people talked about you know kind of the emotion and that that you see from people and is that something Brendan people look for I think the um, the emotion in, in all of this like Frank do you feel that like the um the emotion that you kind of see from people, the upset, and and that's something I think even I can tell you from looking at the text today that the public look for in all of this. But sure, we'll just have to see if um if that's the case if we do get to see this documentary on Netflix. Listen, Nikki, uh, thanks a million for getting in touch with us for joining us here in the program today. Frank Rainey as well, uh, and Brendan Kelly too. Thanks a million for your time on the show. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.